grew up here as a child. He grew up his family survived, thank God, the, the massacre of 1929. He grew up here as a child. He grew up his family survived, thank God. The, the massacre of 1929. We just heard this Yossi story. Unbelievable story. Yossi, Mirim Shekoch and his daughter and granddaughter, they came special for a, for a trip here to Hebron to hear from, from Yossi. Yes, Mirim. Mirim Shekhozek Le'am Yisrael. Le'am Yisrael Chai. Od Yosef Chai. Od Yosef Chai. Od Yosef. Ze Yosef. Ze Yosef. Todah Rava Rava. And everyone, you can come here and listen and meet Yossi. Because he gives tours here. Beit Hadassah. Ben, you heard from Yossi. All right. Anything special you want to tell us that Yossi just told, that you heard from Yossi till this morning? It was just an honor to uh, meet these uh, old timers to share their stories with us. Unbelievable. Because he, he, he had his breeds here. Now, ready for this? Because I, I was a little confused at first. He had his breeds here in Beit Hadassah. There's a little shul down there in 1933. So you're going to say, how did he have his breeds here in 1933? Because the massacre of the Jewish community was in 1929. So his family was here, but his father, his father, months before the massacre, because he ran a, um, I ran a, a snack, a snack place where the British officers used to sit and eat. He overheard months earlier that the Muslims were planning a massacre on the exact Shabbat that the massacre happened. So Yossi's father told the leaders of the Haganah and the leaders of the Medina and the leaders of Hebron, all the Jews have to leave and get out of here for that Shabbat because they were planning the massacre. And, and he grew up in this building. And Yossi grew up in this building over here. Wow. He grew up in this building right here. Right? And his Brit was in Beit Hadassah. Thank you, Ben. So, uh, so, so, ready? What was, I, what was I saying? Oh, so his father warned everybody. His father warned, but no one would listen. But he took his family out of Hebron. He brought them to Yerushalayim the week before the massacre. But he himself coming back here. Now, the British, remember what I told you? The British officers knew a massacre was going to happen. The British officers were responsible here to protect and look after the community. Do you think? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. The Brit the, do you think the British officers did anything to stop it? Not at all. The British officers stood by and the Moshel, the governor, the British governor of Hebron, he knew as well. And they let the massacre happen. And Yossi's father stood on the roof and he screamed out to this officers after one of the massacre was taking place because his father came back. He took the family to safety in Jerusalem. So his mother and siblings were in Jerusalem. Again, he was only born in 1933, but his family was here in 1929. And his father took him out the week before, and it was Yossi screaming from the rooftop to the British officers to do something to stop. And finally, they shot in the air, and the Arab Muslims ran away. But that's after 67 innocent Jews were massacred. And then, and then, okay, so the massacre happened. Yossi's family returned here in 1931. He was born here in 1933. His breed was in Beit Hadassah. And then they heard again that the Muslims were planning on rioting again, and those were the riots of 1936. So the whole Jewish community 
left Hebron in 1936, not to return again until after 1967, when we liberated Judea and Samaria in the Six-Day War. Now, Ben and I were here in Hebron, and there was an there was a special teke ceremony at the at the at the cemetery. We never got there because we decided to stick around with Yossi and hear him telling his stories. What better than just rem not just remembering the dead 67, the murdered Jews who lost their lives here, than to relive the story and revival of the Jewish community of Hebron from someone who his family survived that massacre and that he himself lived here for five years back in the 30s. Anything yeah. else you want yeah. Yossi told us that in 1967, Rabbi Levinger and the, the young people of the time contacted him and he assisted in, in sending young people to live there because he said that he and, and other survivors, they didn't think that they could, they could move back there after 40-something years, but he uh, encouraged... Uh, young couples and families to, to do so. Right, and, and even like we were talking to his daughter and to his granddaughter, and this was the first time they're in Hebron, from what I understood, yeah. right? Like all their lives, they've, they've grew up on the stories and hearing it, but they've never come here themselves. This was the first time they came to Hebron with their father and grandfather to hear the stories and see where he grew up. And he was pointing out each house to us, and that Arab lived there, and that Jew lived there, and there was a shul there. He, he lived here. It was, it was, it was really a big schut, a big schut to, to meet Yossi. And I'm, I'm, on the one hand, I'm sorry I missed the official ceremony. I wasn't able to bring you guys into the official ceremony taking place here in memory of the 67 Jews who were murdered here in Hebron in 1929. But it was a major, major uh, privilege to meet Yossi, to have the tour with him, and have him show us the different places where he grew up as a child, and to live, hear him about the life that he lived, and then his excitement of seeing life here again. And every month he does tours in Beit Hadassah. All right, he was born in 1933. So, he was born in 1933, and he was telling me that he used to run all the time, then he used to walk Shvilei Yisrael around Israel, and today he doesn't have that energy, but he ha does free falling from the sky. All right, this guy... Born in 1933, born in Hebron, does free-falling parachuting. Unbelievable. What a man. That's Yossi, who's back there, right there. What a privilege, folks. We Beit Hadassah, fabulous, fabulous museum about the history of Hebron. Uh, movies, little videos. Really fabulous. Come to Hebron. And little by little, in our lifetime, we're going to be seeing more Jews living here. Right, Ben? Even in our right. We're, all, we're seeing more and more the we're communities developing. To the, to the controversial structure. Oh, let's go. Exactly. Let's tell everybody. So, what Ben is talking about right now is the marketplace that is an area owned by Jews, bought in the beginning of the 19th century, right? It's 1807. 1807. Thank you, Ben. All right. It is known to be owned by Jews. But after the Jews were exiled from here by the British in 1929, the Arab Muslims from Hebron took it over. And still today, even though no one lives there and no one has anything and the Arabs aren't there anymore, the State of Israel has not allowed Jews to return. Hey, Andy, saying hi to you, Ben. Hi, Andy. This is it. All right, so we're coming right here. Under, under Jordanian law, the, the market vendors 
have protected tenancies. What's that word? Tenants? Yes. Yeah, so so they have to get through this law even though the Jordanians took it and technically uh, there, there's deeds in Arabic that I've seen that still hold up to this day. But there's Jordanian law and so... And for whatever reason, the state of Israel goes by Jordanian law. Here, we'll come right here. here. We're coming right here, yeah? So this land... Should we turn around? Yeah, we'll okay. get this behind us. So we can see the building. Okay, it's right here behind us. So this is it. So this land, there's there's deeds from 19, from 1807, but the, the structure was built by the Jordanians. So who owns it? We'll find out. Right. So and in the Jewish community of Hebron, they have been pressuring the prime minister to finally allow Jews to return here and build and for the Jews to live here since it is Jewish property. So we're gonna but find I out. Show you something in there. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Oh, how about this? We have Ben Bretsky showing us stuff here. Go, 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 yeah. Here we are. This is the area. Alright, this is the area these, Jews used these to live were here. Market stalls in the sixties. Jordanians built like a vegetable market. Wait, so the Jews so the Jews had different houses here before? And the Jordanians yeah. knocked it down and rebuilt yeah. this? Uh, I'm going to show you a building. Um, it's in one of these old photos that they put. Right, you see on the wall here so pictures this, of the this community. Synagogue, yeah. This synagogue was somewhere around here. Maybe, oh, not, over there. maybe not exactly here. Maybe yeah. it's over in the parking lot. And the Jordanians tore it down. And then eventually in the 60s, they turned this into a vegetable market. Got it. Okay, so again, the more details we're getting from Ben, this area was Jewish-owned land. It had Jewish houses, had a synagogue. That's the synagogue that was here on this land. The Jordanians... And ever since then, Israel has not allowed the Jews to return here. Even though even the Arab tenancies ended here years ago, no one's here. Jewish-owned property... What are we looking at now? This is the, the, uh, oh, this is the deed. deed. That, it's signed by, um, by uh, the, the Arabs and the Jews that lived here together at that time. Right, so that's the deed that this land was sold to the Jews in 1807. Right, and then you see signs up. It says, Haratzachta v'gam You killed us and also you took over our land. Like, and why, why isn't the state of Israel allowing the Jews to have our land back? Now that we are back as the sovereign, and we are able to give the Jewish community who owns this land, right, and the Sephardi community that has that deed has basically told the community of Hebron that they happily give it over to uh, the community of Hebron for Jews in Hebron to live here and build. So this is amazing. So maybe we'll, we'll see, we'll witness history, and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu will announce today that Jews are returning here. Don't know. It would be nice. It would be nice. Can I take you some more places? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, want to go this way? Yeah, sure. Neither of us know how we're getting home. <laughs> there are plenty of buses here, so we'll, 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 figure, it, we'll figure it out. So let's see what else Ben's going to show is, us. Um, this is the Avram. Wait, I don't know which synagogue this is, but that's one of the synagogues. That's the Avram Avinu synagogue. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Right here. Abek Knesset Hagadol Avram Avinu, right? And today it's rebuilt, thank God. And this is it being just, it's this destroyed after 1929. And I want to take you there. But first, during the Jordania era, they turned it into a sheep pen. That's the shul? Yeah. The Jordanians turned our synagogue, the Avram, that Avram Avinu synagogue, they turned it into a sheep pen. That's what they do to us. And, and now I'll take you to how it looks today. Let's go. Yeah, it's a beautiful shul today. 
And this is the, now we're in the Avram Avinu neighborhood, right? This is the Avram Avinu neighborhood. Yeah. Right here behind us. That's the Avram Avinu neighborhood. All right, let's go to the shul. And let me, I just want to tell all of you folks who are not familiar with Hebron, the biggest lie that Israel haters use, and they love to use Hebron as the occupation, right? Because they show a street that's empty of Arabs, and they say, look how horrible the occupation is, that Jews are, this tiny uh, amount of Jews live here, and it makes life horrible for the, for the Muslims. I want you to look at a picture of Hebron. Because Hebron today is 97% Yudin right? Jews are forbidden in 97% of Hebron. Only Arab Muslims are allowed there under the Palestinian Authority. It's Jews who are Arabs are allowed in this section. They might not live here as much as they used to. There we go. Let's go to the show today. This is the Avram Avinu Synagogue. This is the synagogue. Before you saw the picture of the synagogue, totally destroyed in 1929. Um, I, I think Jews were actually murdered in here, and they burnt the, the, the Torah scrolls. And thank God it is alive and used today. The Jewish people are back. We are about life. We return life. Even when we go through hardships, even when they kill us, even when they expel us from our homes in our homeland, we come back and we rebuild and we bring back life. We are about life and continuing on. So... I wanted to show you something. Yes. These Torah schools were rescued from the Spanish Inquisition. And the Sephardic Jews came here with their Torah scrolls, and they're still here. But during the riots, they, they had to rescue them and take them to Jerusalem. So it was only after the Jewish community returned that they returned them to Hebron. So they're, when was the Spanish Inquisition? This, Four, 400 this, years ago? 1492. This is a Sefer Torah from the 15th century. Now, the other amazing piece of information that Ben told me before, I didn't even learn this, is that the, rev uh, the revival of the Jewish community here in Hebron took place by Jews who were expelled from Spain, right Ben? And they came to live here in Hebron, right? The Jewish people, even though we were successful in Spain, then there was the Inquisition and the expulsion and Jews had to run away and Jews from Spain, ran away and came home to Israel, even though we were spread all over the world. Some of them came home to Israel and came and to Hebron, and that was like a revival of the community here in Hebron. And here you're looking at a Sefer Torah that was saved from the Spanish Inquisition, right? From Spain. This is a 15th century Sefer Torah, right here, here in the Avram Avinu Synagogue. And once again, I'll repeat what I said before. Even though, even though the 1929, the Muslims came here. They massacred us. They, we were expelled by the British. They destroyed this beautiful synagogue that you see behind me. You saw the picture of its destruction. We are back home. The Jewish people are a back, back. We're about life. No matter what our enemies do to us, we come back. 
and we come back and build more and learn more and give more life and give a blessing to everyone who wants to live peacefully with us. And that's what happens with those who want to live peacefully with us in Hebron. And again, don't listen to any of the lies of people who say, look at Hebron, look how horrible what the Jews do to the Arabs. 97% of Hebron is only for Arab Muslims. Jews are forbidden in 97% of our holy city. We only have 3%. And they say that we're a horrible people and that we're occupiers and we don't belong here and we do horrible things. The ones who have apartheid are the Arab Muslims against us. But those Arab Muslims who want to live in peace with us can live in peace with us. So again, you want to show people the truth about Hebron? Give them an aerial picture or video of Hebron because 97% we're not allowed in. And it's one of the most successful economic cities in the Palestinian Authority. They are succeeding far and beyond what they're doing in other cities in Judea and Samaria. And yet the world likes to show you pictures and show how horrible the occupation is because of Hebron. They are thriving in Hebron thriving in Hebron economically. And it's the Jews that we can't build, that our own government is not allowing us to build as much as we want to grow our community here in our holy city. Do you, you want to go to the Ashkenazi synagogue? Let's go. Let's go. We're here. Let's do it. Should I close this? Yes, Let's do it. Shut up, shut up. All right, let's go. Now we're here in Hebron. Let's do what we can do. All right. So this was Avram Avinu synagogue, right? There were Jewish, there were different Jewish communities. So I imagine, I imagine this was the Sephardi shul, or not necessarily. No, so it was for sure. It was the Sephardi shul. All right. Oh, now this is beautiful, because here. All right. Well, let's come here for a second. This is awesome, folks. Just take this in, because it's the Jewish people. We are back. We are back. Look at this. It's a children's park, folks. It's a children's park. We are home. They murdered us. They expelled us. They thought they'd take us out of our holy city. We are home and we have children growing up here. And I think this is the park where I shall have it passed, right? You want to go? Yeah, we're here. I don't know how many of you know the story, but there was a little girl. What was she, one year old? She was a small toddler. And her name was Shalhevet Pass, and she was playing in the park. Gan, right, Gan Shalhevet. Wait, wait, but didn't it take place in there? It didn't take place in there? It took place in here, because these are the hills that the Israeli army eventually had to, to take. Had to take. So Shalhevet Pass was here playing in the park somewhere in this area. And this is the memorial. And this is the memorial. And a terrorist. A terrorist shot her from one of the rooftops and killed her, a toddler, a toddler, just here, playing in the park. Um, and I'm trying to remember the story, I'm trying to remember the story, because I remember someone told me the story that he still has like the shirt that I guess was the father, the shirt that with, with, with the bullet hole that Shalhevet was wearing. 
Hashem Yikom Dama when, when she was shot and killed. A little toddler. And even with what they try to do to us, folks, we are alive and well and growing and thriving and our enemies try to do bad things to us and we thrive and thrive and thrive and thrive. That's what we are about. And come to Israel and come to Hebron and visit these places because 99.9% of the time everything is safe here. Don't be afraid by the headlines. Don't be afraid by the terror that once in a while they do against us. We live here day by day and we are living life and growing life and people are visiting and it is beautiful and this is where you connect with your roots. Hebron was the first capital of the Jewish people set up by King David. Don't know anyone say that Hebron doesn't belong to the Jewish people. This is where Avraham bought the first property. Don't let anyone tell you that Hebron doesn't belong to the Jews. And come here, bring your children, go to Marat Say hi to the forefathers and the foremothers. And like my good friend Yishai Fleischer likes to say, Hebron is a love story. Avram and Sarah are buried together after they live together, right? Yitzchak and Rivka, Yaakov and Leah, love stories. All these couples are buried together. Your love stories. Hebron is the stories of the the love the love stories of the Jewish people. Wait, what are we? What are we? Where, who, who are we with? What are we listening to? Hi. Hi, Shalom Aleichem. Who's the audience? Who, who are people! Tzadikim and Tzadikot. Beautiful, beautiful people who care I'm, about Israel. I am Eliyahu McLean, and I'm here in Hebron on the day of the anniversary of 90 years of Tarpat. I just led a tour of 10 tourists from seven countries. Wow! A dual narrative tour. I run tours here for every week for nine years now. And, and what is travelers around the world, and when I say dual narrative, yes, explain. Half a day they were with me, and they heard an Israeli Jewish narrative. They heard about Jewish history. They heard about the Israeli security rationale for what happens in Hebron, the Jewish history, four thousand years, the buildings, nineteen twenty nine massacre, all of the history from from the, from Abraham up until today, uh, Rabbi Levinger coming uh-huh. back after the sixty seven war. And then I hand them over to Muhammad, an Arab Muslim Palestinian guide. And half a day they're hearing the Palestinian narrative with no Israeli Jew present, even to give a contra. Okay. Unfiltered. Un, uh, okay. Unfiltered and full on. And they, the idea is they can hear for themselves. Yana saying, hi, Elio. Yana Morgenstern. Ah, hi, Shalom. So uh, half of my, my tourists right now are just behind us. They on the other to... side in the Arab market, which is in their 100 meters. So tell me this. Have you heard feedback af- from people afterwards, after they experienced the sure, tour, what, sure, what their thoughts sure. are? Please. First of all, uh, 10% of my tours, and I do this tour every week now for nine years, 10% are pro-Israel from the beginning and like Christian Zionists. Okay. And their viewpoints are affirmed and they'll whisper, Eliyahu, what you said was best. And the other guy said X, Y, Z. 10% will be pro-Palestine full-on activists or strong points of view and they don't want to hear what the settlers have to say or the Israeli military justification for occupation Nothing. or anything like that. And then 80, 90% are in the middle. They're just terrorists who don't know better one way or another. They're just curious. They just right. want to learn about the situation. So the, 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 the resounding comment I'll get from a lot of them is... The 80%? Yeah. Yeah. We left confused. Confused. Confused is a success. That's good. That good. means That's they've good. heard... Most of the world is telling them there is no Jewish story in Hebron. Right. And if they are here, they're colonial occupying 
uh, settlers. Right. Okay, and they have no reason to be here. So, so if they're they, confused, that's good. At least that's good. They heard. At least there is a story to tell. Right. From the Jewish point of view. Right. 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 And so I, my goal is to confuse people. Right. Again, yeah. Heather's asking, is that the Abraham dual narrative? Tour? Yes, Abraham hostile dual narrative tour. It runs, oh. it runs every week, Sundays and Wednesdays from 8 a.m. leads from Abraham hostile in Jerusalem. And I take them to Hebron, and um, with them half the day, they're with an Arab Muslim Palestinian guide. By the way, I sneak Muslims into the Jewish side. I sneak sneak Jews into the Muslim side. It's no problem. Even if you're Israeli, even if you're Jewish, I can get you in wherever you want to go. You know, you know, you know like honestly, hearing the word narrative to me yeah. makes me cringe. Yes, sure. I hate, I hate the word narrative. There, there's, sure, narrative yeah. basically means that you don't you, you don't yeah. accept that there's a truth. Sure. Because yeah. there is of only course, one truth. Of course, of course. But for an international audience, if I just call this the Jewish people's truth in Hebron tour. Would they sign up for such a tour? Unlikely. No, totally understood. Unlikely. Unlikely. So I get, they get a strong dose of right. Israeli Jewish truth on my tour. Don't right. worry. Right. Don't right. worry. No, but, no, 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 no. But there's the way it, and I had a good experience. Yeah, wait, wait, did you go to the other side also? Yes. Yes. What was that like? Wait, how are you allowed? Yeah. You will have the Palestinian Authority sign? Yeah, they don't check. They no, don't this check is. Uh, I don't check. The twenty eighty percent is is Palestinian Authority. 20% but within the 20% there's also an, an H2 it's called H2 oh yes, yeah. you're talking about oh you're talking about in so they don't go to the Palestinian Authority section they do go to H1 also briefly okay. into downtown into downtown, downtown right yeah, and by H1. the way and not everyone knows this the biggest successful mall Yes. In the Palestinian oh, yeah, Authority yeah. is in Hebron right sure, it's in Hebron sure. they, they, the they're living it, good in Hebron yeah people say is that a it has a big dome over it. Right, right. They, they think, think it's a mosque. A mosque. Right. Say, no, that's the largest shopping mall in. in it's a Palestinian. And I always say, are we in liberated Judea? That's one narrative. Or occupied Palestinian West Bank? Right. Depending on who you ask. So I say, take do this test at the end of the when you're in the Arab market. Yeah. Say hey hey ho ho liberated Judea is the way to go. See what reaction you get. <laughs> And then I say, go to Machanehud at the Jewish market and say, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free and drink a beer. And I can assure you, after 30 seconds, the beers will start to fly. <laughs> so this is what I say on the tour, that people are very attached to how we call this piece of land. Right. Liberated Judea or occupied Palestinian right. territory. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, who? Yeah. Who? They, they do so a lot of... Oh. He's asking if the Tomb of the Forefathers is open. Anyone who watched me earlier, it's closed because the Prime Minister is speaking there soon. So it's totally closed off. No one can get there. Yeah, it's impossible. This mall and the other... Where are you guys from? Okay, we're in the Yeah, personally. Florida. We're in Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. Florida. Oh, you can't do it. So, uh, so this was planned beforehand, before you knew about that already. Wow, so how do you like coming to Hebron today? Is it alright if I'm asking you on camera? Yeah. I'm, I'm on Facebook Live right now. I do, I do videos. For Israel, I, do, I talk about Israel for people to connect people with the truth about Israel and the Jewish people around the world. You love it? it was yeah. First time here or no? I've been here before, but I've been 20 years. Wow, so you see the growth. Yes. I said, everybody. Wonderful. All right, cool too. Enjoy your vacation. Uh, you might yes, not realize, but there's a suburb, a town next to Hebron called Tarkumia. It's part of the Hebron district. And there's an industrial zone where hundreds and hundreds of Palestinian companies are having their products made by Palestinians in Hebron. 
So if Roger Waters is successful, and let's say he focuses on mattresses made in Israel, shipped around the world is made in Israel, shipped from the Ashdod port. They're actually made by Arab workers in factories in Hebron. What, you're talking about their Jewish companies or Arab companies? Jewish companies that work together with Arab... Jewish companies uh, Arab, that, that have yeah, Arab Jewish, employees. Arab, yeah, employees right. in Hebron. Right, the ones who So if they were to boycott jobs. these products, that's the, 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 the boycott movement doesn't realize if they're going to find an Israeli product that's made even in the West Bank, a settlement product. They can't even call it settlement because Israelis are involved. Right. It's over the green line. It's a settlement product, even though all of the managers and the workers on site are Arabs. Right. Let's say they succeed and they boycott and no one touch an Israeli mattress and right. that factory goes out of business. Right. The first to lose their jobs will be oh, yeah. workers, Arab workers in Hebron. And by the way, when they're making a salary, if it's Israeli standards, they're making 29 shekels an hour, which is 10 times what they would make by a tycoon of their own society. Right. Do you know that also, that my partner in this tour, he runs a tour company called Visit Hebron Palestine. He's also in the Hebron Chamber of Commerce. And okay. he told me a yeah. lot of products we don't realize. You go to Cafe Aroma, yeah. any coffee shop in Israel, you put a plastic lid. Um, is that imported from China or is it imported from Hebron? It's I imported guess it's from Hebron. Hebron. It's made in Hebron by Arabs in Hebron. But, but you put a lid. An Arab company, company or a Jewish company? Is Working together. together. Yeah. Arab workers and Israeli Jewish company. That is the truth. That's you the you truth. get a coffee, right. and you put a lid on it, that's actually made here in Tarkumia, right. in the joint industrial zone. Right, right. And, anyway, that, and, and, and what I like to tell people is that the, the future is the coexistence between those Arab Muslims who want to live peacefully with us because they thrive living with yes, Ahmed, Jews. Ahmed Jabari, he was a businessman. Right. He was uh, in Bahrain and they, he got threatened and pressured, but there's a whole undercurrent within Hebron saying, we don't buy into that narrative of fear and separation. Let's live together, let's cooperate, let's create a shared future. Right. So. Eliel, thank you so much. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. Keep up the great work. Yeah, All right. So now Ben's going to continue with us. Do you want to go to Ashkenazi. Oh, yeah, the other way? Let's go. We're going the other way. Other way. Other way. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't been there. I've been to the Avram Avinu synagogue. I haven't been to. Uh, I haven't been to the Ashkenazi synagogue. So again, this is the this is the park where Shalhevet Pass unfortunately was murdered. I remember that. Wow. Ashkenazi. I think it's uh, tucked right in the corner here. Uh, she was pointing to Abraham. Yeah, that's it. Is that it? Yeah. Alright, let's go. Yes, Yona, the BDS is hurting the Arab people. Correct. Exactly. It's like the Israel haters, they, they, they don't care. They, they don't care about, they don't care about the Arabs. They just want to hurt Israel and they don't understand the true implications of their actions in boycotting Israel um, and these, uh, products produced in Judea and Samaria that are produced by Arabs. Is this it? Let's go. Seeking to prevent the construction and died of his wounds on the 29th of Tammuz, 1898. Right? There was a thriving Jewish community and every once in a while problems with Arabs. But what else we got here? Uh, here we have... This is from the Rebbe. Handwritten letter.
sorry, that's that's my. Oh, oh, oh! it's still going. Now it's going. Now connections available. Okay. All right. So I don't know what you guys saw or didn't see because I think we lost, we lost connection. But um, we went into the Ashkenazi synagogue, which is basically a Chabad synagogue, and Ben was talking to us about the strong Jewish presence of Chabad here. And there was actually signs about, uh, uh, about the Chabad emissary in 1898, and letters that were written to the Lubavitcher Rebbe back in the 19th century. So that's the Ashkenazi synagogue. Do you want to see the swimming pool? Yeah, what swimming pool? Um, King David's pool. Yeah, sure, let's go. Where's the King David's pool? It's... It's empty. <laughs> it's empty. So we can't go swimming now, Ben? Yes, they lost us, but all good now. Great, thank you, Heather. Alright. So now we're going to see King David's swimming pool. Did King David swim there, Ben? Um, according to the Bible, um, uh, some of the, uh, the warriors uh, executed another warrior, and then as a punishment, King David hung these two killers over the pool in Hebron. So there is a pool, um, whether or not it's the actual pool that King David executed these two people, we may not know, but I've seen old photos where it clearly shows water and people swimming in it. Oh black, wow. Black, black From when? The black, black and white? white silent video. Oh, so wow. maybe that's the 20s or 30s. Oh wow. And it's nearby? It's right here. Oh wow. Uh, By the way, you saw all the buses are gone? We might not have a bus out of here, Ben. <laughs> Wait, I want to show you this stuff. Yeah. I want to show you, read this plaque. Shalom! Okay, Gadi and Dino Levi Hashem Yikom Damam were murdered here by a terrorist in 2003, the 15th of ER 5763. On Shabbat afternoon, Gadi and Dino Levi, a couple expecting the birth of their first child, are on their way to pray at the Maratha Machpelah, the cave of the patriarchs and matriarchs. Like any other Shabbat, children are playing at the local playground. A disguised terrorist wearing an explosive belt crosses the street on his way to blow up the children. A soldier, shouts, a soldier shouts for her to stop. The terrorist decides to change his target. He jumps on Gadi and Dina and activates the explosives. Gadi and Dina were murdered by a bomb that was designed to kill dozens of children. Their memory will not be forgotten from our hearts. The lovely and the pleasant their lives, even in their death, they were not divided. Shmuel Betz. Wow, so this is here in their memory over here. So that's Gadi and Dina at this place. And again, again, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like talking about the terror attacks and the people who we know who were, who were affected by terror to scare all of you. Like, yes, terror exists and once in a while terror happens, but we are growing and thriving and bringing more life to our homeland, more life to Hebron, more life to each and every place where there is a terror attack. Don't be afraid. If you're living here, don't be afraid. And if you are out, not here, if, don't, don't be afraid to visit Israel. This is our homeland and we make it safe by being here and by visiting and by showing that we're not afraid to come here. Right, Ben? Right. So, it's part of the reality, but again, 99.9% .9 of the time, everything is safe, and come here and visit. And this is Hebron. We are walking the streets of Hebron, the ancient street city. Oh, there's a... Katzovich. Um, he, he used to be the mayor of... Uh, he used to be the mayor of Hebron. Uh, that's Yehudit's husband. What's Yehudit's husband's name? Uh, Should we go up and see? Yehudit! Maybe that's not him. Shalom! Todah Rabbah! 
קצובר, נכון? מה שלומך? רציתי להגיד שלום! אני תמיד עם נדיה ויהודית בעוז וגאון, תזכיר לי איך קוראים לך. צבי, צבי קצבר. צבי, זה צבי קצבר, זה בסדר? צבי היה אחד מהמאיירים יש מילים של חיזוק לעם ישראל, צבי? כמו שפה היה היום ראש הממשלה ונשיא המדינה ויושב ראש הכנסת, בשנה הבאה הם יבואו לחנוך פה את השכונה החדשה לעם ישראל, לארץ ישראל. אמן, בעזרת השם, צבי, כל טוב. אורייט, אז צבי בעצם אמר אהההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה
אנחנו הולכים איתך, סבבה, Alright, so he was part of it. Oh, we're catching Mincha. Alright guys, I'm gonna go. It's been a wonderful day here in Hebron. Mincha. Wonderful day in Hebron. The Jewish people, we are back in our homelands. Come visit. Come here. Visit the forefathers. We're the foremothers. Any final word? Yeah, can we face the building? Yeah, sure. Okay. Now, um, just last week, they, they sort of kind of gave permission for the Jewish people owners to enter the building. Right, this uh, is my flag failure. This is called Beit HaMachelah. You notice the Israeli flags are on this section, and then the other doorway is Palestinian authority flags, because it's not 100% yet, and um, this was empty for decades, and 
But when the Palestinian Authority activists heard that Jews were moving in, they decided to jump on that and move in the, the adjacent property. Or it might be all one connected building, I'm not quite sure. Right, yeah, here you see. Right. Here you see on both sides. There and there. They put up the Palestinian Authority flags. In the middle is the Israeli flag. Now, the, there's a, a man, I think his name is Mohammed Al Shalela. I have to look that up. He was the Palestinian Authority real estate agent that arranged this deal. He was arrested and put in jail because selling lands to Israelis is a crime in the Palestinian Authority. And so he's in jail right right now to this day because of this building. Right, because that's what they do, right? Unbelievable. Alright, so folks, nothing is stopping the Jewish people from coming back to rebuild our homeland, to rebuild our holy cities, in Judea and Samaria, including Hebron. Even though Jews are forbidden in Bethlehem, one day we'll be back in Bethlehem. Even though we're forbidden in Shechem, what they call Nablus, which is, a, which is right, the Romans, the, the Arabs call it Nablus, right? It's a Roman name. The Romans gave it that name. There's no term called Palestine connected to a people called Palestinians. The first people who were Palestinians were Jews when the Romans changed the term from Judea to Palestine. So it was the first Palestinians were Jews who were living here. In any case, we are back. We're bringing back life to our homeland. And again, those Arab Muslims who want to live in peace with us are blessed. And that's the future. And we're just looking for the Jewish leadership for Israel to bring about that better future, to stop appeasing the Arab Muslims around us and to act strong and act as the sovereign, not just in Hebron, not just in Judea and Samaria, but act as the sovereign in the Negev and in the Galil and in Jaffa and in Jerusalem so that there's one rule of law and stopping letting the Arab Muslims get away with literally murder and crime all over the place because unfortunately that's what happens. Peace is coming in the future, folks. It's coming closer than you think, but it's not a piece of paper written with agreements with with enemies who teach their children to murder us. It's a peace based on strength. When Israel and the Jewish people are strong in our homeland, that's the message our enemies get, and therefore they will not dare do anything bad to us because of that. I'm going to go dive in. Bye. Thanks for watching. Pulse of Israel, frontline videos from the Holy Land. Support our work by donating today.